On today's podcast, we talk about the power of visual customer journeys and ethically poaching real estate in their life in many, many different areas and through an incredible lens that involves SpongeBob SquarePants literally being the hero to save a parent's day. All of that and more. (laughs) I sound like an infomercial. So let's just stop here and let's get into the episode. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good. Because this is the Mind of George podcast, where relationships beat algorithms and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Mind of George Show, and I am refreshed today. I am stoked. We're going to be talking about customer journey, but through a very interesting lens, uh, and this whole topic, this whole podcast, I want you to just be in creative thinking mode. That's all I want you to think about is creative thinking, the things that I share, the examples that I share specifically around how to create customer journeys in real life and using visual references and cues. Like This is monumental monumental for businesses. Absolutely monumental. One of the things that I say, and I've been saying it a lot less, but I love saying this, I said, my job is to ethically poach as much real estate in your life as possible, right? And I, I teach this to companies as well. And the concept of when we have somebody's email and we have a relationship with them and we're nurturing them and we're building it and we're in their inbox and we're on their social We're really just on their phone or computer, and it requires they come find us to get into our ecosystem or to have some engagement. What I think is in their life, right? In their home, on their desk, on their computer screen, on their playlists, in their car, like physical anchors and reminders as well, physical representations as well. And this is actually one of the reasons that my cookbook did so well um, is I actually, when writing that cookbook and that was in 2012, 2013, I was still doing customer journey that I just didn't know it. And I was obsessed about understanding how to get more people to buy the book. And I remember, I remember specifically telling my publisher, I'm like, no, dude, I, I don't think it's about just saving only five recipes to share. I think we share them all. Like we need people to cook a recipe or eat a recipe to then be able to use the book. And then I started remembering like, oh, using a book will be remembering that you have the book and how many books do people have. And so in the back of the book, I made tear outs for their refrigerator, like how to do paleo, what a paleo foods list was, foods to avoid, shopping lists that they could fill out blank, and a few key staple recipes so they could pin it on their fridge. And so I knew that if that bookshelf ever went back onto the shelf and they forgot about it, I had a better chance of having that magnet on their fridge with the the tear out from the back of the book. And so understanding that you know, we we have this ecosystem that's so large online, but it's only a small sliver of somebody else's life. And so on today's podcast, Ashley, our CEO, um, shared a story with me about her son, Nick, and how a visual customer journey like absolutely changed everything for him. And I was like, can we talk about it? And she's like, oh my God, yes, please. And so before I get into this though, like, let me just give you some updates. <laughs> I am back. If anybody is traveling right now, because you're going to hear this in July, if anybody's traveling, don't. I am just smiling because I got stuck for six days in Austin a couple weeks ago. Got stuck in Chicago the other night. I've had my luggage lost three times. 
more delays. And I have learned the lesson of surrender so much, but I'm in the studio at home. Uh, Lindsay and I had like an incredible laugh together this morning. Branson is good. I'm good. And I'm super excited because I'm actually flying out uh, in a couple days to Oahu to keynote for Taki Moore, who's an incredible human uh, entrepreneur and friend. And so I'm really, really stoked about that. So I'll be done with that by the time you hear this. So let's just future cast and hope I crushed out a ton of value. And I'm talking about customer journey. So with that, I want to get into this. So I want to read this little note from Ash because um, she wanted me to put this in here. And I want you to know I have permission to share all of this. So um, all the information on this shared is on that I'm sharing is about Ashley and her son. Um, and it's just speaking to the purpose of the power of visual customer journeys and specifically in children. It's all public facts that she shared on her Instagram stories. And so uh, she wanted me to make sure that people don't think I'm sharing a story without her knowledge about her kiddo. And so we are both on the same page. We're excited to share this. Okay. And so when I said earlier that I want you to have a really open mind and uh, really creative, like think divergent thinking, right? Because I'm going to share this example, but your business is different. Your customers are different. You could be a chiropractor. Uh, you could be a physical therapist. You could have a supplement company. You could have a coaching business, but it all still applies when you think about how can you visually create things in your customers' lives that add value, but anchor and remind them to do the things that you're helping them do, right? So basically building in coaches without you having to be the coach in this environmental um, accountability, right? So what you can do, and, and the reason we're doing this is because you can use visual customer journeys as well. And so the story that I'm about to share with you, I'm going to read this uh, from Ashley, is um, she has habits and routines with Nick and uh, was having trouble following it. And it was like a written out thing. And then she made it visual. And the moment she did it started working, right? And so customer journeys could be written, they could be visual, but you guys know, I, I, I say this to companies all the time, if they have like a, a mission statement or like a, a, a daily checklist that people should use to check it off, I'm like, can you make it a background on their phone so they look at it all day, right? It's like, we understand that the more visual reminders we have of the things that we're excited about or wanting to achieve or wanting to work on will hold us accountable and remind us to keep doing them right? Whether it's vision boards or habits or things like that. And so it's important to think about that in customer journey lens as well, right? So details on Nick. So Nick is four and has mild autism. <laughs> he is insanely smart with a stubborn streak. And this is from Ash. So what was happening before is bedtime was the absolute hardest time of the day for Nick. There always seemed to be one sticking point where everything in the world would turn upside down, whether it was taking a bath, brushing the teeth, or even going to bed in general. Bedtime was rarely a short process. Usually it would span for a long period of time, and for Ash, it was exhausting, overwhelming, and left both of them extremely frustrated as they crawled into bed hours later. And so Ash tried a ton of things. So what she had tried, she tried everything from trying to audibly prompt him, tried writing out in steps so that he could march off each step, right? So if you think about the routine, it's like, okay, take a bath, brush your teeth, read your books, do your thing and finding a modality that worked for her son. And so uh, audibly prompting him, didn't work. Uh, tried writing out steps, could mark off, didn't. Tried taking it one step at a time and keeping the routine the same each and every time. Uh, she tried to have him lead the way and start where he wanted. So picking whatever behavior he wanted to do first. Tried to have to choose him, have him choose between two options 
to make him feel like he was in control, right? So empowering him to choose his and then tried spacing it out and speeding through the routine and basically almost everything. And, and Ash, um, you know, and I've been working together for a long time and I've, I've witnessed this and I know this and, and Ashley is one of the most incredibly patient, loving, kind, giving human beings that I've ever met. And when she shared this story with me, about what I'm about to share, but after, like, it, it kind of hit me, and, and I realized, and it, and it reminded me more of why we do what we do, like, the level of love and care that Ashley is putting into her son as a mother uh, to empower him and to help him is, like, the same level of love and care that we should be putting into our customers and the people who we're, we're helping and benefiting, and, and even just thinking like that, it allows us to not get frustrated, but understand there's a lot of things that we can try and a lot of things that we can do And our job is to keep trying and to keep evolving and to keep adjusting both ourselves and the things that we're trying to ultimately get to a win-win. And that's a very deeper level of this for me than just the the visual customer journey. But I felt called and important to share because Ashley, as a mother, is all about empowering Nick and helping him and helping him be independent. And so with this, she's had to reinvent knowing that the same behaviors have to be done, the same tasks have to be done but there are multiple ways to do them. And it's finding a winning recipe for lack of better terms that sets that person up to success. And so what is working now? And this is the part that I loved. And I think she's going to put this picture in the show notes uh, and you will see this. You have to go see this picture. We will post it somewhere. So she took his current obsession. And so Nick is currently obsessed with SpongeBob, like across the board. And so she went and found pictures of SpongeBob doing the six things that she wants to do with him every night. So she has a picture of SpongeBob sitting on the toilet, taking a bath, putting on jammies, brushing teeth, reading a book, and laying in bed. And so she divided it into bite-sized chunks so he could clearly see and complete a task, but there are no subtasks or even text. It's just photos of SpongeBob doing the action. So she texted this to me, and I was like, what is this? And then she started telling me, like, this is incredible. When she first sent it, I thought she had, like, an obsession with SpongeBob, and these were decorations for, like, her bathroom. Um, but uh, once she told me what it was for, it made so much more sense. And it actually reminds me of a book that I've, I've read uh, probably four or five times in the last couple of weeks. Um, on languaging. It's called The Declarative Language Handbook by Linda K. Murphy. And the book is written through the lens of actually what Ashley is talking about and helping uh, communicate and empower kids uh, with learning disabilities to get them empowered. But it's also the best coaching manual in the world. I've been using it on myself, clients, and having them use it on me because really it's about understanding how to empower the human with memories and anchors that allow them to feel empowered to make the decision and move forward. And so it's an incredible book. It's on Amazon. So she divided it out. And then so from there, she printed them. Then she laminated the cards. She glued on a magnet, put it on a cookie sheet, and then prompts him card by card. So he can easily see all six cards and can move the completed card on the back of the cookie sheet. So she went full Etsy mom, right? crushed it. So printed them, laminated it, glued on a magnet, and then put them on a cookie shoot. So after introducing the cards, walking him through each step by showing him the card and then modeling the behavior, and then allowing him to experiment with moving them, she's now able to complete a bedtime routine in 30 minutes while allowing him the ability to take control and own his routine with the cards. Currently, yes, he does carry around a cookie sheet until I get him a big enough board, LOL. 
but he loves it and he knows that when the cards come out, it's time to start the routine. It's a visual prompt to then move into a routine, right? This is incredible and it just makes my heart happy on so many levels. But why does this matter to you so much? Because a customer journey could actually be completed too, visually, if it serves the audience, right? Nick, in this case, doesn't need the words, the subtasks, or the additional details. By simplifying, giving him one visual prompt that allows him to easily identify the next step. It's a simplification to prevent overwhelm. It's streamlining the process so the goal is clear, right? And so when you think about this, the best customer journeys are multi-medium, multi-modality because we can't really control the journey. But we do have a lot of influence over it when we start thinking about how can we enhance these experiences? How can we anchor in the things that we want people to remember? And it's no different than if I say, just do it. You know exactly what company I'm talking about. That's their slogan, right? Or now for a lot of you, I would assume and I would, I would hypothesize that when you see a lighthouse, there is a maybe one out of 10 times, one out of 20 times, or maybe one every time when you see a lighthouse, you have some thought or association with something we've talked about or you've listened to or we've shared, but about something that's important to you, not necessarily me, right? But that's an anchor, right? And I think all too often, people get really stuck and very linear when it comes to customer journey and communication, forgetting that only like seven or 8% of communication is spoken. Um, And I think with emails and with social media and with captions and pieces like that, I feel like it's only harnessing like eight to 10% of communication. And then you have visual, you have audio, you have all these different things. And it's not about building the best one or the perfect one. It's about understanding your audience. It's about understanding who you're speaking to. It's about understanding who you are. And then when you design your customer journeys or when you're thinking about these things or you're thinking about your customer's experience, asking yourself like, hey, is there a way to anchor this in, right? And I'll, I, I can do this all day, but I remember at Soul CBD when we were designing the customer journey for um, the CBD gummies after you bought them, we also wanted people to be healthy with other behaviors and habits. And so we taught them about our five pillars. Uh, we named them taste and we said, we want you to do these behaviors, right? It was like a stillness routine, some breath, some supplementation, take their CBD before night. But then we made like a grading system and a checklist because we're like, we want you to do these things every day. And then they got to grade themselves on like zero to 10 of their score after a couple of weeks of like how well they did. But we allowed them to print off the checklist. And then we made this beautiful guide that said, here's your routine and how to do it, right? And people literally printed them off constantly and would tag us on social. I'm doing this. I love this because you'd see it hanging in their kitchen. And then they'd be like, oh my God, my friend came over and asked about it. And I told her about CBD, right? And so in that instance, in that lens, it was really, really easy. In my cookbook, I just knew that the moment that book went on a shelf, it was probably not coming back out again unless people could be reminded. And so I wanted tear outs to be in the book, but I wanted tear outs that they would want to keep in their kitchen for a long time, right? I wanted them to be usable and I wanted them to be functional for them to help them stay paleo, right? And so when you think about these things, you can look at your business, you can look at your experience with your customers and the journeys, and you can make adjustments by leaving it, but then adding modalities that might enhance it, right? And so one of my favorite things to do is to create Spotify playlists for companies or for coaches on different things. Like I make them for a mind state change or for physical activity or for meditation into my heart. 
And I even write copy in them, reminding them why I'm giving them. But then we send them and anchor them in and say, hey, and you can use this and you can listen to this, right? Or, uh, you know, I think of all the examples of all these incredible coaches that I see online, right, that help people at such a deep level and they have their core principles that they want them to do every day. Like my dear friend, Larry Hagner, that runs the Dad Edge, which is like the biggest coaching, one of the biggest coaching groups for men. And it's incredible. And uh, Ryan Mickler from Order of Man. But, but they have these principles and then they'll make journals for them. But the journals don't have their brand on them. The journals have the principles on them and they give them to men to be able to write in every day. And that every time they have that journal, it's anchoring in the things that they're working on. But you also can make the background of your phone and put those principles on and tell them to save it on their phone. And knowing that the average human picks up their iPhone, you know, 200 times a day, that's 200 reminders or 200 billboards that you could have reminding them of the things that you're helping them with to empower them to take that behavior, right? And so I love hearing stories like this. I love hearing examples like this because it just continues to allow us to be creative and understanding that our message is incredible. What we do to help people is incredible, but it's only as effective as their ability to hear it, remember it, uh, not remember it in like a memorization, hear it, but then anchor in like, oh, there's that behavior. There's that thing I should go work on, right? It's more of a, a memory that triggers their continual progress or staying in the race or doing that thing or taking that supplement or implementing that thing you're teaching them or using that product you sold them, right? It's about really, really enhancing, enhancing their ecosystem, their environment and your customer journey to allow them to have more reminders and more anchors to keep doing the work, which is going to help them and help you, right? And so when you think about this, just think about the ways, like here's some things to chew on, right? This is just really like an idea podcast up at 30,000 feet. Like where could I add that? Or I could add an image there or, oh my God, we could totally print out a visual guide on how to use our electric toothbrush and people would actually want to use it in the in the bathroom, right? We could totally make three things like that. We could totally include a pamphlet in our box that included that, that they'd want to hang on the fridge, right? It's about really just allowing yourself to get creative and ask some questions, so that you can find some solutions and start enhancing. So think about the ways that uh, you've ever op- overcomplicated steps for your customers, right? Like think about customer journeys. Think about things that you currently have in your business or used to have where there's overcomplication or confusion or maybe it just seems like it's too hard to explain something or, oh my God, I never realized <laughs> that yes, we have people do the same thing every day, but we never really anchor it or remind them we only tell them once, right? Is there a way that you can simplify the steps that you're providing? Is there a way that you can use visual cues instead to create a greater response? These are all questions you can use to audit your customer journey and help your customers successfully take it on. And and for me, I don't get upset when I'm like, oh, I'm overcomplicating this or oh, I did this. I get excited about it because I, it allows me to simplify it down. And, and you know, like when I teach the the drown the journey mistake in the customer journey, that comes from me. That's why it's called the old George special because I was the king of complicated customer journeys and overwhelming information and uh, bombarding you and telling you to do 17 things at a time. And then over years through experience, I realized that success really comes down to the simplicity, right? It's it's not doing a hundred things. It's helping myself or my customers do those one to three things that I know if they do every day and they do them consistently, will waterfall out or continue to guarantee their success in the short term and the long term. And so it's anchoring those and simplifying down to that. But just start thinking about where in your life or where in your customer's life 
are they living where it could be enhanced or supported if you anchored in something visually, an audio podcast, a visual customer journey, a, a guide, a resource, anything that you can think of, but just start thinking about their life, right? So like if you're helping somebody because uh, you sell collagen and they want healthier hair, skin, nails, and better joints, and boom, boom, boom. We know they're going to take their collagen, right? They might take it in their coffee. They might take it in their smoothie, right? And so then you start thinking about options. And I'm like, oh my god, we could give them a, uh, you know, a ten page booklet of smooth ten smoothie recipes you can make with the ingredients you already have in your home in five minutes or less, right? And maybe it's something they put out, or maybe we could include a beautiful PDF of our five favorite smoothie recipes that's designed to print and has instructions to print. And we tell them that they should hang it on their fridge. And then we make a reason why they would want to. We put something of value on there or make it easy, right? It's just about thinking about different ways that you can anchor it in. I know for me, uh, one of my dear friends and clients, he uh, coaches women and a lot of it's about embodiment, right? And so for us, we made embodiment playlists on Spotify. And so when you get into that, it's like, oh, maybe there's a playlist that you make just that drops you into your heart. And there's one where you want to really focus on your mind and meditation. And maybe there's one that you want to listen to every time you do a static dance, right? And this is if you're a coach doing something like that. But then when you're helping these women or you're coaching and you give them a lead magnet about learning about embodiment and their heart and their mind, and you're empowering them, you can send them those playlists and say, and then when you use this, we want you to use this often, but in your life, when you use this, anchor in this and you'll feel this, right? And it's really just about enhancing that experience. And so I would take this and I would just start thinking about ways that you can enhance that experience. Another way is going from text to video, right? So visual customer journeys is also video. And so thinking about how boring for me it is to read like a 42 page PDF, but how exciting it would be if you just recorded that into four two-minute videos and they gave me a visual checklist to check off my behaviors, right? It's about you thinking, where can I simplify? Where can I enhance? But from the lens of what's going to help my customer or potential customer achieve their results because it's going to be reminding them to do it more and pursue it more, making it easier for both of you. And so I was super, super excited to share this because... <laughs> It made me super happy and otherwise thinking that Ashley was just decorating her bathroom with SpongeBob because of her obsession uh, in that moment, it all made perfect sense. And so Ashley, by the way, thank you, uh, number one, for being an incredible woman, number two, for being an incredible mother, uh, and number three, being incredibly uh, resilient in supporting Nick and finding a solution, and then number four, in being incredibly amazing and allowing us to share this story on the podcast. And so everybody uh, listening, this was all Ashley's doing and I loved it. I, I am just excited to share it, but I hope that you can find some ideas or some creative ways to start incorporating some thoughts into your customer journey like this or visual cues or making them that way. But I think there's a lot to chew on when it comes to ideas. So I'm excited to see what you do and I'm excited to hear what you think. So that's how we're going to wrap today. I'm going to let the outro go, but remember that relationships will always beat algorithms. I will either see you in the next episode or you will hear me in your earballs. but either way, we're out. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Mind of George Show. 
please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television. Make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show and quite frankly, help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want five minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset, or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper Lessons. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, my friends and mentors, and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club, fill out the application, and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside. Otherwise, you can get access to my Relationships Beats Algorithms Facebook community and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.